What options do we have? شو البديل؟ طب what's the alternative? This is the Saudi Podcast, your guide to Lebanon's alternative political parties and the upcoming elections. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Um, today, I'm joined by Dr. Hassan Ramadan from Beirut Madinati. And just a note that usually it's either Tamara and Samir or Samir and I. Usually there's two hosts in each episode, but um, sadly this week it could only be me. So excuse us and you'll see Tamara or Samir next week. Um, good morning, Dr. Hassan. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm fine. Happy to be here. Really happy to have you here. Really excited to Thank be you. talking with you. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and, well, first about yourself and how you kind of got involved with Beirut Madinati? Okay, well, myself, my name is Hassan Ramadan. I'm a urological surgeon. I've been living in Lebanon since 1997 when I came back from the States after I finished my training in surgical oncology and urological oncology. Since then, I've joined uh, several, I mean, I've been kind of active on, uh, not necessarily on the political level, but anything that has to do with the public benefit. Yani. I was in a couple of uh, NGOs, if you want to call them NGOs. One of them is called Umran. It was involved in the quality of the built environment. And uh, I was quite active there. We were like visiting uh, old towns and cities, studying why they went Uh, they were they looked good and they looked nice on postcards and then they stopped looking that and we did research and we met with the baladie and we met with all sorts of decision makers to be able to bring back some beauty and some uh, citizen friendly environment inside these cities and it, it was quite a thrilling experience for me coming from a medical background and I was surrounded by architects and by urban planners so that was fun and I uh, kind of got the kick to be involved in the public life yeah. Plus, I come from a, somehow a political family that was involved in politics. So uh, I've always been an avid reader of newspapers, of politics and stuff like this. So this is how it started. But um, before Beirut Madinati, were you visibly active with another political entity ever? No, I never be belonged to any political party before. I mean, like I always had my political opinions, but they were never part of a party or a group or anything. So how did the, the endeavor with Beirut Madinati start? Was it pre-2016? Uh, well, it was the inception of Beirut Madinati when a bunch of people started thinking like we want to bring some change in the municipal level in the day-to-day -day life of uh, the Beirut citizens. And a friend of mine who, who worked with me in Amran invited me to join and I found the idea very interesting and very exciting actually like a bunch of people who did not belong to the political parties or political families and they were kind of they wanted to come out with something new something totally issued from the citizenship and uh, I joined and I was supposed to be a candidate but be uh, for the municipals But because of previous engagements, mostly professional, I used to travel a lot for conferences, for medical uh, congresses. And because of my busy schedule at work, I elected not to run for uh, the municipals, but I, it was a full and firm decision to stay with and to work with Beirut Madinati. And since then, I've been with them. Um, to go back to that time of Beirut Madinati's inception, let's say, um, 
I wasn't very politically active then. I like you, I had political opinions and I had my values and beliefs, but I didn't really know the ecosystem that well. But now looking back at it and just kind of thinking about it, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of motivation, and it was like, and when Beirut Madinati was created, um, there was a lot of let's say hype around it, or a lot of motivation. It gave people hope. Oh, absolutely. Why do you think it gave people hope? I mean, first of all, because this was a bunch of people coming from universities, from the streets, from previous uh, moments of Hirak, like the Rihadkorn, and like Beirut Madinati was a bit a consequence of what happened, the major fires that were in the Lebanese mountains, the crisis of the garbage all over the country, and stuff like this. And issued from all these, this Beirut Madinati came as a bunch of people who did not belong to any political party, not issued from political families, and they wanted to bring a change. And they did it the right way like they were organically issued from the people from the regular citizen they had enough knowledge enough insight enough motivation and they started Beirut Madinati like the idea of bringing at the municipal level putting in front 24 persons urban planners or architects or doctors or even one of them was a fisherman another one was a singer like this idea of bringing these people forward, they were united by a political program. They were not uh, not only political, municipal, and uh, a program that was citizen-centered, that was aiming towards improving the day-to-day life of the Beiruti citizen in terms of transportation, in terms of uh, environment, in terms of the oxygen that we breathe, or the air, it was not oxygen, the air that we breathe, instead like the sidewalks we use, the buildings we lived in, electricity, I mean, bringing this change was very exciting to us. And actually, it brought all this hype because people saw these, uh, people saw this bunch of youngish, motivated, well-spoken, well-documented people that were all over the media. It was a very, very welcome change with respect to this uh, uh, classical, um, static uh, speech that was given by the regular politicians. But then since 1991, when there was the officially the end of the civil war and all the politicians and all the warlords recycled themselves into politicians and they wanted it was they totally put their hand and they took control of the city of the country of the people of people's lives so we offered an alternative we were a viable alternative that promised something different from the regular speeches and actually we did not have a speech we had a program that was very well studied, that was very well organized, very well worded, it was accessible to anyone. And then we went out of our way to meet with people. We were organizing meetings on the streets and public places. We would go after these people, ask them to come and sit with us and ask all sorts of questions. So based on this, the hype started building. And if we want to go back a little bit, you were you were saying that um, one of the main things, let's say, that gave people that hope was seeing these new people, um, these people who are accessible, these people who talk to them, they're well-spoken, and most importantly, were gathered around a specific political program. Um, can you tell us more about that program? Is there specific things that Beirut Madinati stands for as in values or missions? Or 
Well, the values were, as I said, we like the word, we were citizen-centered, we were citizen-centric, and we listened to the people and we knew exactly what sorts of problems we needed to address. We did not want to promise anything that was beyond control or beyond realization. We spoke the language of the people. We were concerned about jobs, about uh, health, about walking on the street, about how you go from point A to point B in Beirut, how you uh, how you want your street to be clean, how you want your uh, shores to be managed how you want the budget that the taxes that you are paying the money we wanted them to go towards the citizen they needed to know what was going on and bringing people in and making them involved in the decision making you know the baladiyya is supposed to have whenever they have a project it should be posted and people and the regular citizen had the right to go and inquire inside the baladiyya about any project that was upcoming they had the right to inquire about the budget itself where they money was going and no one knew this before and we knew it and we wanted to put it into uh, into proper exercise mm. like that rang a bell in my head um, in terms of <clears throat> municipal elections um, why do you think that this year there's a lot of focus on the um, parliamentary elections but people aren't really talking about municipal elections well first of all we don't know if the municipal elections are going to take place knowing that there are three major elections for the year 2022 we have the presidential the parliamentary and the municipal and knowing that the country is going down the drain we are in a major crisis and the parliamentary elections could be a change a political change at the level of the representatives who go to make the law and at the levels of leadership we're not very fond of this word of leadership because leadership is issued from practice i mean you do what you have to do and people decide whether you qualify as a leader you're not imposed as a leader because your political party is strong enough or because your family is rich enough or your background is a background of business so our approach is what you do makes you credible okay and going back to elections a little bit beirut madinati had an endeavor in elections Oh, yes, we did. Like, it was a surprise, even to us. Like, we got something like 32 or 33,000 votes, which is unheard of in the whole history of Lebanon since independence. I mean, this bunch of newcomers, in French, you call them nouveaux venus, a bunch of newcomers, and they came here, and just because of their program, because they're very, and uh, despite their very little access to the classical media, considering that the rich people and the classical leadership had all the medias in their pocket, we managed to have these voices. We could reach out to people and talk to them and speak their language, and we could like go inside every house. We spoke to the youth, and the youth spoke to their parents. We managed to have our message go through. So when we woke up the next day, I mean, had it been a proportional and not a majoritarian, eight members of Beirut Madinati should have been sitting on the board of the Baladiyya, which is uh, composed of 24 persons, I think. We had one third of the vote and we earned it. And we were there despite all the intimidation, all the violence we were subjected to. We were kicked out of certain meeting places. We would book a place and then the next day the owner would call us, give, give us, tell us, I'm sorry, I cannot host you. This is the money that you have paid to rent the place. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm, they are, I mean, can we call them militiamen? Because I, I consider all these people who are capable of violence as militia. They would come and kick us out of places where we were sitting and meeting. All what we had were our uh, uh, laptops and our uh, ourselves to, sp to speak and to make the, the message heard. And we were intimidated. We were subject to, to violence. And despite all of that, we managed to get something like one third 
of the population voting for us. That was, by all standards, a measure of success. And like we woke up the next day, this was no more a collection of votes. It was a responsibility. One third of the city chose to believe in us. Therefore, we had to rethink ourselves and to put ourselves in a frame that can be more capable into reaching out, into advocacy, into putting a message on the table, into sitting at the table of the big players and tell them, listen, we're here and you'll have to do with us. So what are some uh, takeaways or lessons that you got from those elections? Were there I mean, specific? Like we learned a lot of lessons, mostly that we have to be organized. We have to reach out to the community. If you have a proper program that you can explain, and it's not made of the usual slogans, but a real program that talks your language and that tackles your problems, people will listen to you. That was uh, the main thing that made us think that we have something, we have another job to do, stopping at the municipals was not enough. We had to recycle ourselves into a politically active group that you might want to call party. We became a political party, something like an official political party by the Dowley standard, something like three or four, three years ago. And for us, it was a natural conclusion or consequence of the experience we went through and uh, during uh, I am not on the coordination committee what we call the CC the citizens council now I served on the previous two citizen councils for four years and I was uh, responsible for the international networking and for the outreach and for years and even until now we have other I mean like political organisms or foundations or even universities who would be calling us to study our case, the Beirut Medinati case, how we came into existence and how we achieved what we achieved. They were interesting in the experience because for the first time in the whole Middle East, a bunch of newcomers would come and impose themselves. Like I would get phone calls from uh, major and very prestigious universities in Europe and in the States asking us, how did you do? And they came to meet with us and they had specific questions about how we evolved and how we did it. And even until now, we are a case study because it's by all standards, even if we are not sitting on the municipal, we are a success story. No, it's definitely fascinating to see that, like you're saying, this entity who isn't traditional and hasn't infiltrated all these different Lebanese mm -hmm. uh, structures, just came out of nowhere and was able to, let's We literally say, came out of nowhere. I mean, like, it was unheard of the, like, a singer and a fisherman and an urban mm -hmm. planner and an artist and a painter and a physician and this cardiologist would get together, give a credible alternative and people would listen to us and believe in us. I mean, it was very heartwarming after the elections when uh, we, I would be going, we'd be walking down the street with a friend of mine from Beirut Madinati and people would come you are Beirut Madinati we saw you on TV or we saw your pictures and we voted for you what are your plans what are you going to do next are you going to run for elections so people started anticipating us working on the towards the parliamentary elections before we really sat down and did uh, lesson uh, uh, some soul searching and lessons learned exercise to be able to reach this conclusion it was a call by the people who believed in us and that was extremely exciting and I consider personally, on a personal level, Beirut Medinati as one of the most exciting experiences I have had since I came back to Lebanon in 97. I mean, you guys, uh, as Beirut Medinati, again, like you sparked some type of hope in people that wasn't there in a while. Oh, absolutely. And if we want to fast forward to today, I mean, a lot of stuff has happened over the past like 10, whatever years, and especially the past two, three years. But if we want to compare back then and that spark of hope with now, 
Hmm. Um, do you feel like that hope is still here or have people become very demotivated at this point? Is it our job to kind of bring back <clears throat> that hope? Or? Well, it's multifactorial. First of all, the situation has changed. The circumstances have changed. People back then had the luxury of time. They were sitting at home. They had electricity. They could watch TV. Things are like we are below bad necessity now. So the, the, the priorities have changed. The speech has changed. The Thawra came in. There was violence. There was blood on the street. They burned our uh, tents in downtown Beirut. Uh, there are more forces or more groups issued from the Thawra. So there is a plurality that, I mean, Beirut Madinati was a unique thing. But now Beirut Madinati is part of the Thawra. It's not the Thawra. It cannot claim to represent alone the Thawra. We are part of multiple components, multiple groups, multiple factors that have to stay. Demotivation, I think people are not demotivated, but they are tired. Even the Thawra is tired. I mean, like we did a lot and we every, every day we thought that we have hit rock bottom and there were six feet of crap below. So it, it's a constant fight. Sometimes it might have times where you are disheartened and demotivated, but when you wake up the next day and you see that the same people are doing the same mistakes and they're dragging you in the mud and they are making your life every day more difficult, more miserable, I would say, more youth are leaving, more elderly are unhappy because they don't know what their future is made, what, what their tomorrow is made of. This, you wake up, you, uh, you stand up and then you go to work. Work is not only work, what you all do as a job, but work is like I want to make this situation better I want to make this country different I want to make this city different we have good potential we have to work on it we still believe that we have potentials we have good things in Lebanon that we want to make better yeah no we have uh, we have great potential honestly just having conversations with you or other representatives of parties or other younger people um, just seeing the drive that people have and that everybody is trying to do something gives me a lot of hope because... Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm no spring chicken, but uh, <laughs> I deal with lots of people who are much younger than me. The amount of um, volunteers, the amount of young people who come, I mean, you might think that this person, and I have seen persons just looking into getting their passport, packing, and leaving. But there are so many others who are really keen on staying, on bringing an improvement, the number of people who come and say, how can we help? I'm a, I'm a computer analyst, I'm an IT, I'm a, pub, uh, I'm a publisher. They could be anything and they want to join and they want to help and their input is absolutely amazing. I think the most important, on a very personal level, meeting all these young people who are on the streets and who are with us in our offices wanting to bring a change and coming up with absolutely fantastic suggestions for a change. They, sh they think outside the box. They have a more fresh approach we learn from them they, they learn from us and i think together we can do a great job but to do the job you have to be part of the institutions for all the possible reasons we have experienced i mean the thawra was a great thing it was very thrilling to go down the street i mean the very beginning for some reason the two or three episodes the turning points of the thawra i would be having friends over and we would be uh, and then the second as soon as we would hear that something was going on we would we would be on the streets like i lived this so many times and every time it was even more thrilling and we owe it to these people and we owe it to ourselves to keep on working towards this change but we came to a realization that there is i mean the other side what we call I call them the enemy. This is the enemy, and we have to shoot to kill. We consider the Sulta, these people who are, have been there 
they are the enemy and they have to go and um, this is why we need to be organized we have to improve our communication and we could not the fight could not be on the streets Thawra in Lebanon does not work on the streets because they can very easily mobilize people against you they use the fear they use they use corruption they use they use uh, confessionalism sectarianism to fight you so the fight has to be on the street in a very pacific and non-violent way but it has to be on in the institutions as well we have to be at the municipal level at the parliamentary level at the executive level everywhere we can be to bring this change change has to come from within and it has to come from the outside but it has to be accepted it has to be validated, it has to be non-violent, it has to be addressing all, and it has to transcend all the differences and all the all the particularities of the Lebanese society. Uh, Habit, it has to transcend those things because it really does have to transcend Absolutely, those I little think, yeah. I mean this is this is what's thrilling about it when you sit with so many people I mean, like years ago, if you would see someone who is uh, veiled, a woman who is mahjabi or something, she would you would consider like she's she doesn't speak my language, or she doesn't see things the way I do. I mean, I'm not talking about uh, gender issue. I'm talking about the all the political connotations that are derived from confessional or uh, or sectarian. But then when you sit with these people and you put all these differences on the side, they would totally put them aside because what unites you is way more interesting. It is deeper. It is larger. And this is something you can really build on. I take this as an example, but it applies to any cleavage like between Muslim Christians, boys, girls, veiled, non-veiled, rich, poor, coming from the suburbs or coming from the most uh, hip area of Beirut, whether you have you are educated or not whether you've had access to university education or not these things are part of the society in lebanon and they can be worked on you can bring these cleavages to a minimum level if you work together to bring them together it's funny because i've been thinking about this for a long time especially the past couple of days let's say and like really transcending those in quotations differences yeah because they're not differences they're just we're all souls or humans or whatever yeah. stuck in these bodies yeah and what unites us is way more interesting and exactly. then we are this in this small piece of land surrounded by people who do not necessarily like us and who don't necessarily want something good for us but then we have our lives together and we have to join forces we have to think of what unites us what brings us together and build on it and if there are differences you have to sit down and discuss them instead of swapping them under the carpet which has been going on for the past 70 or 80 years which is one of the important things that you mentioned you know and there was this um there was a time from when the uprising in 2019 started until now where a lot of people realized that we have to start tackling this issue through institutions and through parties and not just being on mm. the streets which you said requires a lot of organization and requires a lot of communication skills from yeah, all this ends. This is what Beirut Medinati learned from its municipal experience, like we need to be organized, we, have, we need to have a structure. A structure is as basic as having headquarters, but it has to have, it has to have as well bylaws, it has to have a structure where how to function, what are the important tasks to do, how to achieve these goals, what's the best way, and this needs experts, this needs communication, this needs know-how, and we have it. It's amazing how much know-how and expertise we have. We just need to put them to work instead of sending them on the streets. I feel like the answers are always everywhere, especially here in Lebanon. There's so much potential in every party, every person, every area. There's 
the answers are there. It's just about figuring it out how to like take them and put oh, them together. It's, uh, I mean, you have to listen. That's very important. You have to talk. That's very important. So listening and talking are part of communication. Once you do this in a structured way, when you sit down to a table and you discuss these things, nothing should be off the discussion. Mm-hmm. All the good things and the less good things have to be on the agenda. This is how you reach good conclusions. I mean, between two people who want the benefit of the. I mean, what I am sure that even the the person who right now might think that they disagree with me because Beirut Madinati advocates A or B or C, non-sectarianism, uh, all these sort of things. But after all, what they want is the, uh, they want a good life. They want a decent life. They want education for their kids. They want a good future for their grandkids. They want a, a clean environment. They want to be able to go to work without having to spend a fortune going from point A to point B. They would like to be able to go to the countryside every weekend and enjoy the scenery without having to think that this area is Christian and this area is Muslim or this area is Shia or Sunni. All these things bring us together and unite us and we have to make use of them to be able to have our speech and our language go through to the other side. Yeah, I mean, and we, we don't consider we have other side. The other side for us is the Sulta or we call the people in power who has hijacked power after 25 years of civil war and then by all sorts of distorted mechanisms, part of them, SOUT, S-O-U, by themselves and some other part of them imposed by other parties and by other uh, entities and countries outside the boundaries of Lebanon. We don't need this. We can do our job. I mean, we've done so many good things all over the world. We have people involved at all levels in politics, in economy, in finance, in uh, all over the world. Why can't we do them here? I mean, why? I mean, this is your front yard. You don't have to go and do it in your backyard. You do it at home. I feel like there might be a narrative of, oh, we can't do anything here. You can't do anything in Lebanon. Lebanon, so there is a lot of that where people leave the country. Yeah, I mean, but, but we were driven to do that. We were driven by these classical, this classical leadership where, no, no, if you try any change, it's going to be chaos. So your security is me. It's my party. It's like the way I do things. Or if you don't do that, the other party is going to overshadow you. They're going to control you. So they strive by uh, by fear. It's propaganda. It's psychological it's, warfare. It's by fear, psychological warfare, and they strive by need. Mm. They do not create institutions. They keep you needing the leadership because this is how they secure their allegiance. So it's need on one hand and absolutely. fear with the other absolutely. hand. I mean, they have these two weapons and they keep on using them. And they do them like, wow. They are masters in using it. To go back a little bit, I wanted to talk about, in general, organization and communication. And if we want to start at the micro level, let's say, and move on to the macro level, how would you say the organization within Beirut Madinati is, is there, if you can explain to people who might not know, is there, you said something about a, um, a citizen com- yeah. c- mm-hmm. committee, mm-hmm. or is that committee the decision maker, let's say, in Beirut Madinati, or how does okay. that work? The decision maker goes back to the Dustur. Dustur Ashab Masdar Sultat. We firmly believe in this and we have, because of all the leadership that we have been, the classical leadership we have seen and we have like, so how bad it can go. Beirut Madinati in its philosophy has some kind of aversion to uh, positions of leadership or we don't have leadership. We have, a, we have people who work and we have all Beirut Madinati 
that decides. So we have two structures, basically. One of them is called Citizens' Council, CC, and one of them is the Citizens' Assembly. Citizens' Assembly is all the members of Beirut Matinati, those who have joined Beirut Matinati. I mean, we have friends, those who have uh, joined recently, they can, uh, and Beirut Matinati is open. Like, there is a philosophy that explains our structure. So I'm going to digress a little bit and start with the philosophy. The philosophy is Beirut Medinati is an open book. There is nothing hidden. There is nothing that is decided between two or three persons behind closed doors. Number one. Number two, an aversion to single leadership, putting forward one single figure as a, as a leader because we've seen all the classical political parties whenever he, there is never a she in Lebanon, whenever he dies, the political party goes astray or there, there are infights. We believe in system, in thoughts, in beliefs, and in work. So based on this, what we have is Beirut Medinati. The main body is the Citizens' Assembly. And this is the collective of all the Beirut Medinati members who are active and who can vote. How can you vote? You can join Beirut Medinati. It's uh, joining Beirut Medinati starts by being a friend of Beirut Medinati, where you have access to all the information, all the decision making. You can attend all our general assemblies, but you cannot vote. After a certain period of time where you are happy and you consider yourself that you are in your right place and where Beirut Medinati considers that you are a welcome person because you qualify to our thoughts and ideas and the things you advocate, you become automatically a CA. You don't have to pass an exam or an interview or anything. It's a mutual consent thing. The CA decides everything. Ashab Masdar Sultat. So, and the CA elects a body of people who work. We call it the CC, the Citizens' Council. These are people with assigned jobs. One of them is for the everything which is finance, budgeting, etc. Another one is for the outreach and the networking. A third one is Mas'ul al-Manati, people who deal with all, because Beirut Medinati now has become Medinati and it wants to reach out to all the country. So, Binasso, they coordinate with people from Balbak, from Saida, from Sur. And when the CC holds a, a regular meetings, usually weekly or twice a week, the meetings of the CC and the deliberations and the decisions are open to any member of Beirut Medinati. So if you are a CA member, it's not like you are excluded. You can come as a, as a CA member and assist and give your opinion and participate in the debates. The only thing you cannot do is the vote for this because the CC is the CC are people that are elected and they are mandated by the CA to make decisions. There is a set of decisions that we call considered strategic decisions, and this does not require only the CC. The CC has the obligation to go back to the CA, discuss the situation, give them the ins and outs and the details, and the CA makes a decision. Like, are we going to run for parliamentary? It's not like five or six or seven people from Beirut Medinati are going to do it. The CA, all the members of Beirut Medinati have to come, meet in a very collegiate, in a very positive. Everyone gives his pros and cons, and then we vote. So the strategic decisions are voted on by the Citizens Assembly. The CC is the management body. As far as leadership is concerned, we consider leadership like Beirut Medinati is the grassroots for this leadership. Whenever someone has certain skills or a potential to be a parliamentarian or a legislator or something, he comes from the ground and he sits and his peers will see these adjectives or these qualities in him or in her and they will put him forward. So, so we're looking to put forward the assets in people much more than the person, it's uh, his, him or herself.
Uh, you know if that was clear. No, that was perfectly clear. Okay. That was perfectly clear. And this is um, personally one of my favorite ways to go, okay. to right. go about Now, vis-a-vis Dawli, because Dawli is an old-fashioned individual mm-hmm. or an old-fashioned system, you have to have a president and a vice president and everything because these are the people who sign the papers, the checks, the bank accounts. And we have a president. And I mean, no one knows who's the president of Beirut. Yeah, but which sadly... Except Beirut Madinati people. Because we don't need... I mean, like, who's your president? Okay, why do you need to know? Because there is a tendency we were brought up we were made like the president is like the shining person the guy who makes decision well not in beirut medinati the people make the decision the cc runs the affair of beirut medinati but the ca is the main decision maker and i think this is a very thrilling experience listening when we are Together, we could be 60 or 70 or 100 people and listening all the, to all these people taking turns, exposing what they have, what they think, what they fear, what they advocate. People learn from each other. Yeah, it's not like uh, decisions are run or are taken from one person at the top. No, there is no central, of, yeah. centralized. Because again, when you when there is a leader or you know a specific figure at, at the top, quote unquote, Especially in Lebanon, it just you feel like it just turns back into this Zaim concept. Yeah, yeah. We're not here. I don't want to sacrifice myself or my beliefs because this someone is good or I think is good. No, we are here as a team to advance a project. Beirut Medinati is centered about a program, a project, which is the fruit of on, uh, ongoing work. Like Beirut Medinati is a work in progress all the time. We revise our word CEC, our political papers every now and then, something like twice a year. There's a committee constantly working on this. We revise our internal structure whenever we think that there is something new that needs to be added. So then in terms of elections, there has been a decision made that Beirut Medinati is going to be... Oh, yes, this is why we are on active on all the platforms, because there was a decision, a strategic decision taken by the CA that Beirut Medinati is going to run for elections. This kind of ties back into what we were saying about being organized on a macro level with other parties, let's say. Mm-hmm. Is Beirut Medinati entering this elections phase alone, or is Beirut Medinati talking with other political parties to create uh, coalitions or alliances? And has Beirut Madinati specifically, Beirut Madinati, identified any potential people who will be running? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm very happy that you use two terms in a very, like, uh, adjacent to each other, coalitions and alliances. I will try to answer them one by one. Well, first of all, as I said, we we took a strategic decision. We're going to be part of the parliamentary elections. That's number one. Beirut Medinati cannot claim to represent the Thawra. No one represents the Thawra as a solo. We are one factor that was on the ground, that was very active, and we are, we are one group out of many who were there. And we consider that these peoples, all the people who took, who took part of the Thawra as equal partners, we were there together to push a certain agenda. This does not mean that we share all the beliefs, all, all the ways, the modus, uh, operandi, the way we operate on everything, but every one of them is has its own people, they have their representativity, they have their program, they have their thoughts, and we respect that. Now, there are people we don't want to deal with, and these were strategic decisions voted on by the Citizens' Assembly. We don't want to deal with any 
party or person issued, issued from the classical political system that has been in place until 2017. I mean, like, I'm not going to name or go, go into details, but obviously you know who I'm talking about. Every person who took part of the parliament, who took part in the, in the previous governments, in the previous cabinets, they were in position of decision-making and who are responsible for what has happened. We do not deal with them. We do not talk to them. We do not sit with them. We acknowledge that they have their own representativity, but we have no common grounds to talk to them. We're not cancelling anyone. I mean, these people are going to run for elections, but any person elected from Beirut Medinati in the parliament is going to have this person as a colleague, even if this person is issued from a political party that we consider responsible for what has gone through. So as colleagues, these people have to they have to sit in the same place and if they are sitting on any commission or any committee or something they have to do the job the best way possible so we're not cancelling anyone we're not pretending to represent all this is very important but we have a decision that we consider the people who has been in power from 1991 until 2017 as responsible I mean, if I want to be the kindest and at best, they are responsible for the failure and the situation we are in. I am not here to give accusations. I'm not going to be to say that this uh, political party is a murderer or this political party has infringed the law or this political party has hijacked the decision making of law and of peace and war, etc. Okay, so. Our decision is not to sit with them because we know already that we have nothing to discuss with them. We have nothing in common. If one day our representative in the parliament is on the same committee with one of their representative, he or she will do the job to their pos best possible way to ensure that our thoughts and our programs go through. Okay, so, so this takes care of the 1991-2017 classical part. If I want to so, go a little bit more in depth mm -hmm. on what you were saying before, um, because we're... I mean, this is a narrative that's all over Lebanon right now, and mm -hmm. people are explicitly talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, and as are we, uh, with different political parties and with our parents and with my brothers and sisters and my friends and all that stuff. So with what you were saying in terms of not accepting, we're not labeling, but not accepting to work with um, those parties and people that had a hand in us getting to where we are today. Um, does that does that cut off from some point? Like we all understand that that includes the six main traditional parties. Mm -hmm. Does that stop at Kateib and it continues onto the Communist Party, for example, or are all those included in what you were saying? Now, we understand that uh, that there are groups that are in a certain gray zone, depending on the way and the angle you are looking at them, and. Uh, this took a long process of soul searching and of discussions without, within Beirut Medinati. And we think in Beirut Medinati that if we talk to certain groups, it's because there is a minimum of beliefs that we share, number one. And plus, you know, now we're talking politics. In politics, you have to look at the benefits, masalih. Okay, so politics are built on masalif, not if I like this person or I do not like it. If I'm convinced that this person is evil, it's very easy to say, no, I'm not dealing with this person or with this group because they are evil. We know that there are political parties that have tried, been trying to work on themselves or who have demarcated themselves from the classical uh, group of six. And we think that this deserves 
the discussion. Beirut Medianity has had the discussion. It has taken certain decisions of dealing or not dealing with one of them, but Beirut Medianity has kept the elasticity for its allies and the Etilaf and the alliances. It is in that if there is any political formation or any group that thinks that they might have something in benefit. I mean, if we want to sit down, you mentioned Kataib, but you, this applies to anyone. I, do, I think the Kataib thing crystallizes this because the Kataib name bears has a heavy weight that start that dates back to 1975 at the beginning of the civil war so it's it crystallizes everything but this difference is not only about the kataib this difference is about all the the people or the formations or the individuals who are part of the system at a certain time or not okay beirut madinati has discussed it and we first of all we look at our principles and theirs but we also look at our maslaha where do we have a benefit do i have do i get something for me or for Beirut Madinati or for my program, if I align myself with these people, if you want to put them in the gray zone. So these weigh, and if they weigh for us in a certain way, they weigh for other groups in a certain way. So we are the, the quest among the people that we consider like us is to find a place where we can work together but have a certain margin of elasticity. Okay, uh, I don't know if I'm conveying the real figure, but it's very important. You, we cannot. I mean, no one can come in the Thawra and say talk to A and not talk to B. If you do this, the Thawra will 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 will, ha- will have much more to lose than to gain. But it is very important for a political for a formation or for a group to come and say we think that we need to be able to deal or to discuss or to have a certain. Uh, Modis operandi with a certain group that Beirut Madinati or another group might not condone. Okay, so this is why I want to come back to the, the, the political alliances and coalitions. Coalitions. Coalition is something and alliance is something else. In Arabic, because most of the writing and most of the documentation is made in Arabic, Fishi is mu'atilaf and tahaluf. Tahaluf is much stronger. You ally yourself with someone or with a group because you think that you share the same belief, you have the same battle, and you have everything. When you want to do something tactical because you think it helps advancing your cause, this is a little bit more mitigated and it allows room for certain discussion. It's a bit more pragmatic. Absolutely. So we have to be, we can, as I said, we are not pure and we are not alone. We are part of a group and part working. As part of a group, you have to have a certain degree of elasticity and a certain degree of pragmatism as long as your political paper and your thoughts and principles are respected. So the way we try to do it, and it's an ongoing process for us right now, is unify the criteria. And Beirut Madinati has been very active in the group. Okay, let's say, let's see that we want to see with whom we'll talk and not. Let's set a set of criteria Tick the boxes and see who qualifies or not. Even if you want to select our candidates or the seats we want to run for as Beirut Madinati, we have been working on our set of criteria. When you have an objective set of criteria that is accepted by everyone, it helps a lot to unify. Like we had a meeting with something like 16 political groups last week. 
and we came with a proposal of criteria. We said this, we suggest to follow these criteria to be able to decide how to work together. Uh, but we suggest this set of criteria as a working basis. If you have anything to add or if you have anything, let's, let's consider it as a starting point because we're expert in criteria. Trust me. We've been doing this since 2016. So we can come forward and have, we come with this set of criteria. Let's work on them, improve them, modify them, and then adopt them all of us as a working uh, sheet and this is how work starts just if i want to go back a little bit and in my own words just try to clarify mm -hmm. um we were talking about the grains gray zones and using kateev is not the only one obviously mm -hmm. but we were using that as an example i can give you other examples uh, because i i personally think it's not a very uh, telling to crystallize everything about Kataib, they have their own inheritance and we know what they have been doing over the past two, three years, whether as on an individual level. And I personally come lots of friends among the Kataib. We realize and we see and we acknowledge what they've been trying to, what they have taken their speech, what they've taken their involvement, what they have taken as actions in the governments or in the parliament. But I mean, we have to think where our criteria are and our uh, our philosophy and see if we can work. But this applies to people like Na'mat Frame. This applies to people like Tanzim al-Shaab al-Nasri, Osama Saad. This applies to, the, do we want to collaborate with them and do they want to collaborate with us? Do we think that this is a good partnership? Do we think that our ideas and philosophy and program will go forward? Do we think that our electorate will be convinced of this as something good for them? These are all, they need to be factored in and able to make a decision. And this is an ongoing process. Again, so there is no clear, let's say, yes, no, yes, no. But like you're saying, there's, for each of these entities, there's different factors that come into play. And One they do not take only Beirut Medina into consideration. They definitely. take the benefit of other groups that we consider as equal and full partners. Definitely. Like we have already a set of 15 or 16 names. You know that Beirut Medina was part of Alain Tlatash Nisain. Yeah, um, that's Alain coming Tlatash up next. Alain is not as active as it wanted to be. But these people, what brought us together is a very strong sense of commitment and of... Uh, of plurality, like we share the same beliefs and we share the same uh, uh, goals. So these people, we consider them much closer to us and these are partners we can work with. And we have developed from six or seven or eight, now we are 15 or 16 with whom this work is being done. And we're hoping to be able to have an umbrella that encompasses most, if not all. But the Thawra is around 400, 500 groups. You cannot be inclusive of mm -hmm. all. I mean, this is a loss of time and energy. You want to be pragmatic, as you said. So we're trying to be as inclusive as I as we can. But to each group, they have their specificity depending on their electorate, on their political paper, but also on their own beliefs and their basis. We always go back to the CA whenever we are in doubt and the CA gives the best answer because it's an answer made on dialogue and discussion. I would say another big factor then that plays into that, whether these entities are included or not, is also whether the inclusion or exclusion of them causes a big mess or doesn't. Absolutely. So this is pragmatism. You have to define your main goal and the other goals. The main goal, and now this is Hassan Ramadan talking, but I know that this uh, represents what Beirut Medinati, uh, in French we say, there is a... There is a, an enemy and you have to, it's too violent, I'm not going to say it. You have to send them home and take their place to be able to bring about a change. If we do not send them home, I mean, the trials 
and um, and uh, the the trials and all the sorts of investigations what they have done what is what is the money and etc will come later but right now we have to clench every single seat we can because this is where the change is coming from we have to identify the seats we have to identify our candidates we have to shoot to kill shoot to kill in a sense we don't want to kill anyone we are non-violent but we have to take every single opportunity with we have to take uh, to be to uh, to be active in the system because that's the only way to bring a change in the system. And in terms of candidates, is Beirut Madinati going to be choosing their own candidates, or as these groups are creating alliances, let's say, will these alliances will candidates well alliances will have to play a certain role once all the criteria are accepted and everything we're working on different fronts one of them is internally another one is at the beirut level because this is where beirut medinati it's the stronghold of beirut medinati but for the past year or two we've been working on the manati as well on the other regions so these are three concomitant uh, jobs that are being done so for for the for the candidates we have a list of what we call the potential candidates these are candidates whom who either they think that they can do the job or that Beirut Medinati the CC or the CA think that they can do the job so this is a list of potential candidates and we are around 20 all of these whether they are 15 or 20 or 30 they will have to go through a vetting process built on criteria Okay, so there is an independent committee called the Vetting Committee designated by the Ethics Committee of Beirut Medinati by the CC and they will decide who fits the criteria. So the set of criteria has already been worked on. Again, this is our modus operandi. Once that is kind of done, then uh, you will release your candidates to the public so they can... Oh, yes. Whenever we have ours, we release the candidate. But at the same time, I told you we are working on second. We have our alliances. So eventually, when it is time to form as what we call electoral list in Beirut 1 or Beirut 2 or anywhere, we will sit with our, uh, with our allies. And we, everyone will say that I have a candidate for this seat or for that seat. And if there are more if there are more candidates than the number of seats, there will be a vetting process agreed upon by the alliance. Whereas let the best candidate take the seat and the other groups will support. We will work for a list. If we think that the success of this list is dependent on having person A from Beirut Medinati, person B from another uh, political formation, person C from a third one, we will work towards the success of this. We believe that our partners are full partners and we are in this together. But this is, as I, as I said, an ongoing process. It's being discussed as we speak. Anna, I had a question that was... I know that there was some kind of tension um, because a lot of my friends were part of Beirut Madinati and after um, the elections happened, I don't know if it was right after the elections or a couple of months after, that there was some kind of perceived tension and some members of Beirut Madinati ended up actually leaving. Um, true. Can you Absolutely talk true. about that a little yeah, bit more? Of course, uh, with all transparency. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As I mean, like uh, the, the, our introduction and the first part of the talk said that like 
people got together and they thought that they can do something to change the life of the citizens in Beirut. This is how Beirut Medinati came. It was amateur. It started as amateur. We learned a lot and then we reached the elections. We woke up with 32,000 and we became a case. We became something that could not be neglected. So there were decisions to be made. But we were also a bunch of in politically inexperienced people who came from different backgrounds and who were not united by the political idea. We had no one of us had an ideology. So there was a lot of kinetics. There was a lot of give and take and meetings. And sometimes they were very noisy meeting and people saw differently. Some of them wanted Beirut Medinati to stay purely municipal. Other people wanted to go into politics and convert Beirut Medinati from a bunch of people running for the municipals, like advocating a change to a real political party, and plus some people thought that by uh, turning into a political party, we would be strengthening one of the components of the political system in Lebanon while we would be weakening something else. Other people thought that we will lose our soul if we do this and political parties are doomed. We'd better be specialized people working on small topics and achieving small successes here and there. And as I said, we were a young group, which was not like after the municipal, we were barely a few months old. So all of this needed an identity to emerge. I keep a very... paradoxical memory because they were great. I heard great things. I learned great things from these people. But also some of them were not in accordance with what was emerging. And after all, it was a democratic process and everything was voted on. So some people were not really pleased by the way Beirut Medinati was going. And their natural choice was to leave, either to start something different, someone else, or because they thought that they had no more a place. So it was a process that Beirut Medinati needed to go through. Whether it was the healthiest, I cannot say, but I know that it was certainly the most democratically possible because it was all based, all the decisions were based on votes and on exchange of ideas. We took a lot of time. We organized six or seven different retreats. It's sad that we lost great people and I really wish they would be back with us now. I can give at least 10 names, which I'm not going to do, of people whom I think were a major loss to Beirut Medinati. But every person of these, they had their input, they had their share in what was going on. So, uh, yeah, we consider this, it happens to all political parties. I, we're not ashamed of it. It's part of our history. If it's part of who we are now, we miss these people. We would like them to be back if they are listening. I am sure they can re-enrich Beirut Medinati because each and every one of them had a great potential and they participated to the initial success of Beirut Medinati. And even if Beirut Medinati is what it is now, in their absence, but the end product, they contributed to it. But then at the end of the day, you decide where you think you can be most productive and where your your contribution can best be. So I want to ask a little bit about Beirut Madinati specifically. For elections and outside of elections, how does Beirut Madinati get its funds? Okay, Beirut Madinati is a volunteer. So we fund, we have our membership from the members who can afford it. Number one, number two, we depend on donations according to 
very clear set of criteria. We do not take from companies. We do not take money and we only from Lebanese people. We do not take in excess of a certain number of the annual budget. It is very clear. We ask the people if they are funding, if they are putting on forward this money for Beirut Madinati or towards a certain project Beirut Madinati is pioneering. So this is for the Beirut Madinati's budget. Okay, our own function. Mm-hmm. Now, for the electoral campaign, there will be fundraising for the electoral campaign. Yani we will be going and seeing person A or person B, or we will be inviting a certain small group or larger crowd and tell them that we are raising this money towards our uh, uh, elections campaign. And uh, we are running on the principle, this is our program, these are our priorities, we want to work for the judiciary, we want to work for the, the embezzled money, we want to work for the corruption, etc. So we have to have a clear program where our priorities lie, plus we have to have our candidates already designated. So once you put the candidates forward, once you put the political program and priorities forward, you can go and talk to people. We are confident that money will come in. I don't know if you want to ask, maybe I am uh, about the platforms like Kuluna uh, Irada and Nahwal Watan. We are we have a very good relationship and collaboration with these people. They have promised uh, money and fundraising that they will bring into the campaign once there is a clearer picture and once the visibility of the campaign is. We are in constant collaboration with them. We are in talks. There is There are papers that are being... And, not contract, but paper, memorandum of understandings that are being drawn. But we, we definitely, money, whatever money comes through these institutions is not going to be outside the principles that Beirut Madinati has set. So this money, even if it comes from these two very respectable flat platforms, it will have to come according to the, according to the beliefs and the philosophy of Beirut Madinati. Okay. A huge load of the work being done right now because we're so close to elections is preparing for elections. Yes. Uh, whether it's alliances and uh, <clears throat> coalitions or identifying... Um, identifying seats, identifying candidates, securing money, creating a makana antikhabi, the logistics, which is a huge task. Which is a huge task. And like... And by creating the proper coalitions, these people can join forces and they can avoid duplication. What about other than everything related to elections? What other things are going on with Beirut Madinati right now? I'm not sure if the Beirut was dropped from Madinati. When Beirut Madinati came out recently as Madinati, because we wanted to send out a message, and we are going nationwide, we are not limited only to to Beirut, that this is a political party that wants its presence and its word and its philosophy everywhere in the country. And we're very busy now meeting with uh, all sorts of people, of uh, groups from all the, uh, from uh, Liba, from Jnoub, because we do not want to come and say, this is Beirut Maninati, we are the party for you. No, we would like to meet with you, listen to your concerns, and maybe bring you into Beirut Maninati because you are organically issued from your place and you have your, it will help diversify the outlook of Beirut Maninati. We will have voices and sounds and input from all the country and it will help us be more involved in the politics and in the decision making for the benefit of Lebanon, not only the city. I know that I have some friends who are involved 
involved in this, I don't know what to call it, this initiative or something that's called uh, Studio Madani, mm-hmm. which I know is kind of powered through it's or incubated for, in yeah, Beirut yeah, Madina. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's mostly for the youth and for their concerns and with a certain autonomy to decide what their projects are, what their concerns are and how they uh, they look at it. See, Beirut Madina does not have committees. This is something we did not touch on. Beirut Madina has circles. We have people working on this and they are experts. But if you are a member of Beirut Medinati, you can contact the CC and say, I would like to start a circle about solid waste. We would like to be open to the outside. This is why we constantly invite people from outside, even if they don't want to take a political stand and be part of the Hazard Beirut Medinati. But they think that they can collaborate with Beirut Medinati on solid waste because we have experts in solid waste or whatever topic they think Beirut Medinati is open. Which I want to stress on again is, is very beautiful, honestly, uh, because people might want to get involved in politics or there's this preconceived notion that Politics is politics. If you mm-hmm. want to be working in politics, then you need to be doing something uh, related to an electoral campaign or whatever. But then again, like you're saying, you can act- actually get involved in whatever field you want. So for anybody who is hearing us now, check out what they're doing. Check out their different circles. Check out Studio Madani. You can get involved in all those. And we depend on people for creativity. I mean, we try to think, we try to keep an open mind, we try to think outside the box, but we cannot do it all. We cannot do it all, first of all, because we're not perfect. And number two, we do not have the number or the means. But we considered like the brains and the thoughts and the ideas of people are they would be the richest asset for Beirut Medinati. So we keep it open. Our circles are open. Our uh, uh, You can inquire about everything. You can join partly. You can join totally. You can just b- remain on the fringes. But we like to hear from people. What is the other way to be active in politics? Beirut Medinati has a program. The elections are part of the program and they are a a turning point, but they are not the aim or the need. It's not like once we're done with the elections, if we send two or three or ten people to the parliament, we're going to stop there. Or if we're going to to not send anyone, we're going to stop there. Our program is there and we're going, we think that Things should be like in every like democratic system in the world where there is a majority that rules and um, and a minority that uh, observes and checks and uh, corrects. So if we are in the majority, we will work for our program. If we are in the minority, we will be the watchdog. We will look what they are doing and we will keep on working on our program to improve it and to implement it. I think that's it. Usually we try to close off unless you have something you want to add. Maybe I have a message actually for people listening to me. I mean, I know that this uh, goes mostly towards the diaspora and people living outside Lebanon. These people and the people whom they know inside Lebanon have to know that every vote and every voice count. Okay. If you think that Usually it's around 47 or 48% of the people go to the urns and to end the vote. It means like more than half of the country doesn't care to do it, either because they are disgusted or because they cannot or because they would not. These 50% can bring a change. Maybe we cannot bring them all to the ballot, but maybe I am sure that if every single person of us calls the people who know, even if you're living outside the country, what's up, call, send messages that 
every vote counts and change cannot come if we send back the same system. The system has to change. It is not going to happen overnight. The fight is now outside the parliament, but it's going to be inside the parliament. Because as I said, these factions and these components are going to come back. And the fight is going to be in the institutions. It's going to be on papers and in committees. So we need to have voices. We need to send experts. We need to have uh, legislators. We have. We need to have administrators. We need to have politi- we, uh, people who understand what the dastur and what the law and what the constitution are. People who have vision. We need to send them. And if we do not vote, we won't be able to. In the Mu'arada or the Thawra, they have an obligation to select the best and to put them forward and to have a convincing speech and a convincing program and convincing figures. And we're trying our best. This does not mean that we will do it 100%. But bringing the vote from 48% to 60 or 70% is going to be a huge change. We saw already the Sulta who were not really happy with the, with the numbers that started of registries coming from outside. This has already created some form of tremor inside the Sulta. The more people vote, the more the shake and the tremor will work, and the more the change will be drastic. And this is what we need most. Usually we like to cl- close off every episode with um, a moment of hope. Let's say if there is uh, a specific moment, could be small, could be very big, could be a tiniest thing that, I don't know, that kind of you look at and you're like, oh, okay, there is hope. Oh, of course. I mean, otherwise, what would we be doing here? If you send one person, he will be or she will be a whistleblower. But if you have 10 whistleblowers, it's already, it's not a philharmonic, but it's a bunch of people yelling and screaming. They can stand inside and outside. If you send 20, that might be an orchestra. If you send 50, this is going to be a huge noise that no one can ignore. We, we want to bring about a change for the better. This change for the better is a work in progress. It needs improvement. It is improved by sending people for election to, to, to vote. But it's also our job to keep on working on this program, to listen to everyone and be inclusive of everyone. There is hope, yes. Modest, yes. But I mean, like we, we slept one day in 2016 over an experience decided over a cup of coffee by five or six people and the next day we had 32,000 voters so for me this alone justifies hope that is amazing <laughs> thank you for being with us thank you so much Dr. Hassan um, and you can check out everything related to Beirut Madinati on their website yes um The link will be in the description. Okay. Thank you. The Saudi Podcast is co-hosted by Samir Balouz, Tamara Rasamni, and myself, Tarek Khalil. It's produced by Tamara Rasamni, and our sting is done by Rupen Bezdekian. We'll be releasing episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe now so you don't miss an episode.